Have you looked at your lawn lately? Have you looked at all your fungus? Guess what's popping up everywhere? Fungus. Yeah. That's a disease. What is fungus? It's a disease. It gets on plants. Well, we all can get a disease, but plants get diseases. And they're, you know, on turf grass especially, there's some diseases that are not too bad, and there's some diseases that are really bad. Rhizoctonia, or brown patch fungus, is very, very bad. You don't want to have that. Uh, trust me, you don't. But if you get it, here's what you got to do. You got to use a strong fungicide on it. Bayer's got a, a pretty good lawn fungicide that comes in a granular that people are having success with, and you can find it anywhere you know, nursery products are sold. And But here's the thing. Once you get it under control... The fungus is always going to be there. And you have to put down preventative fungicides every year thereafter in the spring to make sure that it doesn't come back in the summer. It is a bit of a problem. Uh, Are there natural ways to take care of rhizoctonia or brown patch fungus? I wish there was. And I've I've heard some things dilly-dallied about. And I've even tried some things that have been dilly-dallied about over the years. And none of them have ever worked. Uh, Nothing has ever worked at all. One of the things you can do culturally to prevent fungus is, number one, do not water at night. Unless, of course, it rains at night, then you, you know, you're, uh, that's bad. Uh, But that is not water at night. If you have an automatic sprinkler system, set it to come off at five o'clock in the morning. That way, all the excess gets burned off by the sun when the sun comes out at 6, 6.30, depending upon when the sun comes out. So the grass is, you know, the water is just not sitting on the grass. Here's another thing. Ease up on the nitrogen fertilizer. Uh, You know, I got my friend Ralph and his wife. They had a lawn care company. You know, they went out and treated lawns. My cat's over in the corner of the studio, and he's looking at me, and he's acting weird. Are you okay? Ramona, are you all right? Okay, she's all right. Anyway... They got into the lawn care business rather late in life, and they were using a fertilizer back then that was a 24-5-11, and the 24, the nitrogen, was all fast release, and they were putting it down on all of their lawns. And I said, you know, you're going to have problems doing that. It's not a balanced approach. And they said, oh, but the lawns turned so green, and it's so wonderful, and the customers are so happy. I said, you're going to run into some problems. Sure enough, man, I was in that business myself for darn near 35 years and we had thousands of customers and we rarely if ever had a fungus problem on one of our customers because we did balance fertilization this couple and they're they're good friends of mine they're retired now but they're they're very good friends of mine they had nothing but disease problems and they're telling he's calling me up he's i'm using this i'm using this and I'm using Gacanel. I'm using all of these. Things. I said, why? He said, because we've got fungus and all these. I said, didn't I tell you? They said, no, it's not costing the fertilizer. And then they would treat for fungus. And then they were out there the very next week throwing more fertilizer on it, which was the nitrogen in the fertilizer is feeding the fungus. And it's taken, you know, anyway, they had a mess. They spent that one year, she told me, and by the way, my business was a lot bigger than theirs, a lot, lot, lot bigger than theirs. And she told me at the end of the year, she itemized everything up, her accountant itemized everything up. She said, did you know that we spent $13,000 on fungicides last year? She goes, how much did you spend? And they had 
you know, a they had 80, 90 customers, maybe 100 customers. I had like, you know, 1,500 customers. I said, I spent approximately $200 on fungicide last year. And she said, well, how did you do that? You know, what did you I said, I told you, you need to go with balanced fertilization, balanced nutrition. And I, I then put them on a different path for the time. And, and I had them using a 15-4-15 fertilizer with half of the nitrogen being slow release. And she was, just, oh, she goes, it's not going to green the yards. I said, you're balancing the nitrogen with the potassium. I said, you, you're going to reduce the amount that you put on anyway because you're over-fertilizing everything. And on your spray program, increase the iron. They did that. And when they did that, they found that their fungus situation reduced rather dramatically. And all of a sudden, she says, we haven't done a fungus application in a month and a half. I said, see? She goes, we were doing them every day. I said, yeah. And so it's, it's all a matter of balance in the first place. Now, sometimes, you know, even the best lawn can get a fungus. And one of the ways that the lawns that we took care of got fungus is a lawn mowing company would mow a lawn, like one of Ralph's lawns, it had brown patch fungus in it, and then they would come over and mow one of my yards and they would spread the fungus from the lawnmower blade. And that was how, you know, any of my customers got fungus. But my lawns were strong, organically strong, because we had balanced fertilization. And we're using a lot less fertilizer at the time, you know, a lot less fertilizer than he was anyway. And we were able to, at that time, I don't think it's available anymore. We used a product called Dacanil, sprayed it on there, knocked it out early. I knocked it out totally early. And then we were done. And that was only at one or two yards that that happened to. Of all the lawns that we took care of, they, one or two yards would, would get fungus. So it's just, you got to watch when you're fertilizing. Number one, don't over-fertilize. You know, don't over-fertilize. Right now, you know what fertilizer I use on my yard? I, it's Milorganite, which is a 100% organic, slow-release form of nitrogen. I got a green yard. I'm, my yard is greener than any of Ralph's old yards that he was dumping all this stuff on. But my yard is a nice, organically green yard with Milorganite, and that's what I use. Now, once or twice a year, usually once a year, I will supplement that with a little bit of fruit tree fertilizer, which is a 468, because I want the potassium, the eight from the potassium. I will put that on usually in the fall. And I, I will put that on a light application, primarily because there's no potassium in the milorganite, and I want the ground to have some potassium. So I'll put that on in the fall. But that's what I'm doing. You know, will that work where you live? It might, might not, probably will. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people all across the country are using that plan right now. Going organic with the fertilizer. I would much rather go organic with the fertilizer than organic with the pesticide. Although, for the most part, I'm organic with the pesticide too. This is where we've come to. You're talking here to a guy that has spread thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds of, of insecticide on lawns all over. And now, if I still had that business, if I still had that, all of that business, I would my primary pesticide would be a product called Eccentria, which you can find it on, on uh, Amazon. And I would be spraying all of my lawns with Eccentria. 
which is 100% botanical, organic, and wonderful. And if that didn't handle it, I would moderately go in with an imidacloropid pesticide. Moderately, if the Accenturia didn't work. You see, balance. giving them diseases. Oh my goodness gracious. What are we going to do about this? I'm not sure. Hi everybody. Welcome to this edition of Ask the Garden Geek. I am Michael Crows. I started this whole mess uh, 33 years ago on a national level and uh, am wrapping it up in November. Happy about that too. The podcast, which you are listening to right now, this is actually the radio show and the podcast. This segment and the segment that was before this one will actually be on the podcast. The whole show doesn't go on the podcast. Podcast, about 20 minutes. Radio show, about an hour. So anyhow, podcast will continue along with another podcast. So, you know, it's going to be exciting. Life is going to be good and everything is going to be wonderful. What are we doing about all these diseases that are in our plants? I was looking at my hibiscus just this afternoon. Looked at the hibiscus. Ex-wife number two, Diane, was here. We actually went out to dinner. We come back, and she goes, Michael, your hibiscus looks terrible. And I said, yeah. And I looked at it. It had a little leaf spot on it. I said, wow, well, what are we going to do about that? And here is what I did about it. I walked right in the house. I walked right out into my laundry room where I keep a pair of hydraulic hand shears, little hand things. And I went out there, and in about five and a half minutes, I pruned out all the diseased stuff, and very carefully took it and threw it in the trash. I did not recycle it. I threw it in the trash to be taken away. I didn't want to recycle uh, anything that has a disease in it. Just don't. Want to get it out of here. It's gone. So that's done. Didn't spray anything. Didn't do anything. Just that. Uh, the other thing I would do on a normal situation like that would be to make sure that there's plenty of drainage, and there is, and everything is wonderful. The plant was fertilized properly during the proper fertilization time. Everything is good. I'm going to keep my eye on it, though. I'm And, and that's what we do. You, you, you look at your plants, if you love your plants. Do you love your plants? I love my plants. Uh, and I enjoy looking at them. I do. I, I really enjoy my plants. And, uh, you know, I, I just do. So I gaze at them a lot and decide which ones I like the most. And sometimes I fall out of love with the plant and guess what? I dig it up and get rid of it. I've been known to do that, but most of the time I don't. Rarely, if there's a plant in my yard, in my landscape, it's because I want it there. Been here, you know, long enough to where I know what I want and I put it there and I deal with it. Now, my daughter wants to come over here and grow all kinds of stuff in my backyard. I don't do a lot in my backyard. My backyard is just there. And she wants to come over here and do a whole bunch of stuff. And I, I am tempted to let her, but the reason I'm not tempted to let her is because she will be very enthusiastic about it. She wants to do a bunch of raised beds. She wants to do trellises. She wants to do all kinds of stuff, which will be very, very nice. And then what's going to happen is she's going to, I don't know, meet a guy, fall in love. 
I don't know. Maybe she'll get another job that she likes more. Maybe she'll find other things to do. And then guess who's going to be left to take care of all that stuff? And I've got, you know, I've worked very hard over the past, oh, several years to put my environment in a place where up until recently, I could maintain it myself very nicely and it still looked very attractive. Now, I, when I get these medical issues that I have done with, and they, I will get, I'm, I'm going to get to the bottom of all of this, and I will take over maintaining the lawn again. But uh, until then, I don't. But up until, you know, until this, until this sort of happened, I had all the plants that I wanted that, you know, required X number of hours worth of maintenance a year. And I was very excited about that. And I took care of it. Everybody compliments my landscape. Everybody compliments my lawn. And it's nice. I've got a fenced-in backyard with a six-foot privacy fence. I don't care about it. I don't spend a lot of time out there. I just don't. I, you know, I've got other things going on in my life. So I don't spend a lot of... If, if I had young kids and I, you know, I had a dog, I don't have a dog, thank God, uh, I'd be probably spending more time out there. Now, my daughter's been over here lately. Gosh, she wants to put a canopy. She wants to do all this stuff. And uh, I don't. I, I don't go out there. She doesn't live here. I live here. So I'm probably not going to do that. She's just figuring all kinds of ways to spend my money to make the backyard a wonderful oasis. And I don't care. Nobody sees the backyard. Backyard gets mowed. Backyard gets, you know, taken care of. Uh, there's no weeds. You know, there's no... Everything is prim and proper back there. But it is not a show place. And I don't care about it. Because I'm at the age where I don't want to be out there doing a lot of maintenance other than mowing and going out there with the weed whacker, you know, just, and doing that. That's all I care about doing. And, uh, you know, front yard, I spend more time on, but not that much time because, again, I've got it down to a science as to what I can take care of. Now, I remember when I was in the other house, which was much bigger, I had a much bigger backyard and I had kids and I had dogs and I had all kinds of stuff going on back there. I was back there constantly doing things, uh, you know, planting things and growing things. I had a vegetable garden back there. I had compost pile back there. I miss the compost pile. I really miss the compost pile. And I've been threatening to put one in my yard now, but I had one there and I'd go out and maintain that compost pile. You just can't take a compost pile, stick it out there and forget about it. It takes a certain amount of maintenance. You got to turn it. You got to, you know, you got to, you just got to take care of it. Make sure you're putting the right stuff in there. And uh, I remember, oh, gosh, my daughter was a teenager when I had a compost pile. And she just put all the wrong stuff out in the compost. I had to ban her from the compost pile. She put meat out there. She put a bunch of stuff. I said, no, this is what goes out there. You know, banana peels, fine. You know, that, that type of thing. Uh, anything that's green, fine. Uh, lawn clippings, if we have any, fine. Uh, you trim some flowers or some shrubs. And there's not a lot of wood in there. If it's all very fine stuff, fine. Uh, but, um, you know, nothing else. So that's taken a little of education. She's bugging me the other day. Dad, we need a compost pile back here. No, we don't. Uh, but I kind of want one. I kind of I miss it. If I had a compost pile now, which I don't, maybe next year, we'll see. But if I had a compost pile now, I would be top dressing my front yard with compost every spring. That's what I would do. I would I would build up a big, I was going to say big, bad word, compost file, pile, and I would 
you know, get it to where it was just a fine powder. And I would take it out and I would top dress my entire front yard in the spring to where it had the summer to just melt into it and enhance my soil. That's what I would do. And as we talk about disease prevention, nothing is better for disease prevention on both lawns and shrubs and ornamentals than good, healthy, nutrient-rich soil, natural nutrient-rich soil, which you can readily get from compost. Just readily, readily, readily get from compost. I was in St. Pete the other day. This lady had a section in her backyard that she wanted to plant a garden in. And the, the soil, it was just sand. And then she goes, what do I need to do? I said, you know, ideally, you, you got to really enrich that soil. And I, here's what I con- convinced her to do. I convinced her to start a compost pile. But I said, if you want this going now, you need to go out and buy some compost and start working it into the soil. And... She called me up just this morning. She goes, guess what, Michael? I said, what? She goes, I found a place. It's a bunch of organic gardeners that sell compost. And they, if you go up there in your pickup truck, you can shovel it in there. And they, they sell it real cheap. So she said, I'm going up there with my friend's pickup truck. And we're going to load it all up. And I'm going to take it back. And I'm going to enrich all that soil. I said, that is fantastic. Because it'll spend the summer enriching. And then when the fall comes, you can plant a garden back there. And that will be good. So that's good. But I said, in the meantime, you know, you need to think about creating your own compost. And she goes, I am. She goes, I got a place in the yard all set up where we're going to do that. And I said, that's fantastic. So, you know, I used to love my compost pile. I had it, um, I had it originally fenced off with wire fencing. And then I just, you know, I don't know, uh, I took some wood out there. And I built a little wall around, a three-sided wall around it with fencing in the front and did that just because I liked it. Wood rotted before you know it. I mean, the wood just rotted. Don't ever use pressure-treated wood for that. But I like the way it looked. But, you know, when I do it again, I'm going to use chicken wire and then have the front of it open to where I can get in there with my pitchfork and turn it constantly and love it and take care of my compost pile. Because that, ladies and gentlemen, is the key to having a wonderful garden and a wonderful lawn and growing wonderful things that you eat is having a nice compost pile. It is just something that works very well. You're listening to Ask the Garden Geek. My name is Michael Kroos. 